To Are We There Yet? In exploration and education and anime, I'm your anime idiot, Tessa Dugan. I'm your anime expert, D. Hollander Gonzalez. And I'm Brennan McCullough, your anime Natsume's Book of Friends plus Kino's Journey. Didn't have anything clever this week. It's just <laughs> what I think this show will be like. Mm. Mm, gotta, gotta get the mixes in. Gotta remix. Gotta fr- be self-referential. <laughs> I, I i feel like it's what we would do and it's also hey great plug for our past two episodes check those out i don't uh, remember what kino's journey is just just a person riding around on a motorcycle going to different towns being like that's weird and it keeps on oh, going yes i remember now i don't mm-hmm. know if there's ever a longer plot to it but i, don't know, I was fine with it no yes. one made it that far <laughs> But but what are we not going to make far this week? <laughs> uh, already, oh. uh, faint praise. Uh, so, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, what are we watching this week? It's fine. It's my pick. So chances are we won't. Um, <laughs> this week we're watching Mushishi. That's a good title. Good. It's fun to say. Mushishi. Mushishi. See how many times I can Mushishi. say it before messing it up. <laughs> Mushingle shit. Um, <laughs> do either of you know anything about this show? Yeah, I. Oh, uh, I- this is a show that when I was just watching any anime, I watched the first episode of. But it was so long ago that I don't remember it. So, nice. Practically going in fresh. <laughs> Do you have a time frame of when this was? Um, I would think it was either when I was like 13 or 14. What year did this come out? Did you look that up, Brendan? 2005. Oh yeah, Ooh. then I was probably 13 or 14. And then the second season came out in 2014, so I'm assuming it's great. (laughs) Beautiful. Usually massive delays between seasons are a good thing. They're just working extra hard on it. (laughs) Just took nine years. Uh, (laughs) Just gotta get the sauce just right. Yeah, they wanted to make sure it was perfect. (laughs) Are you familiar at all, Tessa? Uh, No, I... I don't know why I was going to expand on that as if there's other <laughs> revelatory information I could give. No, but, uh, no. still no. <laughs> hey, uh, could you imagine I don't know an anime? <laughs> no, I've never heard that before in 220 episodes of this podcast. I think this is episode 220. God, I've been thinking about uh, just... How long? Just that number <laughs> it's recently. It's a big number. <laughs> it's a big number. I think about that, like, when I'm talking to people about anime, I realize that I've watched three times yeah. 220. 660 episodes. That is yeah. the exact thought I've been having all week of just, how many, wait, how many movies have we watched? Can I, like, add the differential of those? Like, yeah. Just trying to figure it so out. Because like, I'm like, full anime? Yeah, that one would count. And it's like, when people are like, there was a list going around recently that my good friend Matt Swain, friend of the podcast also, um, shared that he was like checking off anime he had seen all of. And I was like, see, I can't do that. But I have seen a lot of anime and I think that counts for something. We've just had a million appetizer samplers of Mm. anime. 
That's all we're getting. And we're some... just like, oh, yeah, I need like three mozzarella sticks and two chicken wings, please. That's all I, was I want of the show. Some are mozzarella sticks and some are the i'm trying to think of a bad appetizer i personally a quarter of a dry quesadilla yeah i don't like potato skins but that's probably controversial because you had that one locked and loaded you knew which one you hated the most Uh, (laughs) some would say we have commitment issues because we just dabble in a lot and don't stick to anything uh i would say married the charcuterie board (laughs) yeah uh, yeah that's true Maybe, maybe one of us has commitment. I, no, because hey, I watched I'll, most of these. I'll give you... I'm not going to throw in the I'm also engaged card. Yeah, I, I, uh, no, but I'll problem. give you... Hey, maybe we have uh, anxiety disorders and uh, we're uh, afraid to watch things in hey, case they're not good. That's true also. What? You don't watch 200 episodes of something even if it's not good? looking at you what i've never continued a series uh, that i liked for fear that it doesn't go the way i want it to (laughs) ranking of kings hey (laughs) let's not die let's not get too deep in this (laughs) this is why i got my accusation of what i think the show is going to be out front because i knew the derail is going to be immediate (laughs) Mm. we're we're just ready for it uh but but we're ready to watch the first three episodes. Come join us, will you? Let's do it. Let's moosh. to watch the gentlest episode of House you have ever seen <laughs> It's Magical House. Without the drug addiction, which means it's boring as hell. Damn. <laughs> hey, House got me through freshman biology. I did great in that class, and my only reason is because of House and Scrubs. Wow. Did Hitalia Thank get God. you through? Um... No. Oh, okay. Hitalia spiraled me into a deep depression. <laughs> didn't didn't it all did it for all of us uh episode one we'll start off there opens with a woman talking about spirits describing this Ooh. as another form of life not quite plants not quite animals something in between vague it's anime we've all it's spirits we know what spirits are uh <laughs> but these spirits in particular i don't know i need them to explain it at least one more time to me uh in these episodes good news <laughs> <laughs> these spirits in particular are called mushi and uh we're, if you like that intro we get it every episode which i feel is like appropriate for 2005 because god knows when you'll see the show ever consistently so you mm. need to be introduced to it every single time because it might have been months <laughs> since the last episode um and then we get the opening which is just a lot of shots of trees out of focus and a very simon and garfunkel type tune i'm which- glad i was right I messaged Brendan earlier and I said, "Did you have you watched this show?" And he was like, "No, should I be worried?" And I said, "No, it just has this Simon and Garfunkel ass opening." <laughs> and I wasn't sure if that was correct, like if that's what I wanted to say or if I meant somebody else. So I'm glad that I was right. And then you're very on on point with that one. Uh, it did throw yeah, me into it's uh, it's very gentle. It's one of the few openings in English. I yeah. Guess. yeah. Very, very interesting for this show. 
I heard it, and it did kind of throw me into a panic of, like, did I pick the right show? What is this? What's happening? <laughs> it's oh. interesting. Oh, an it's... art film. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, this song for, like, a show that I feel is so, like, steeped in Japanese folklore, it seems like. Yeah. It's strange. <laughs> Not unpleasant. It matches the tone, but, yeah, it was an odd pick. Yeah. Uh, so it cut back to, we get shots of a forest, and we see a man walking through it, and we hear just a, a voice in the air saying, someone's coming, someone's strange, something's happening. And we see the white-haired man, the titular Mushishi, no, that's not his name. <laughs> um, and we see him walking through the forest, and he's able to hear the voices. And he's like, ah, something's going on here in this forest, something's funky. And then uh, the man talks about, uh, man gives a little vo- uh, voiceover saying, every now and then, every few decades centuries there's a rare individual that is sometimes born to this world able to create life it's called pregnancy it's not that no uh and it uh while he's saying that we get shots of this boy drawing uh writing down uh like a message and we see some of the little characters that he's writing out uh pulling off the paper coming to life so that's what a real doodle bob situation <laughs> mm, real dangerous. E-bop, hobble hobble um, <laughs> Mahoy, Manoy. <laughs> and uh, so that's what he's referring to. This uh, kid is able to create life itself. And uh, we see uh, it seems to be an issue that he's dealt with before. He seems a little shocked when the characters come off the page at first. And he's like, ah, this again. And grabs a few of them real quick. Um, but it turns out one of the letters that he wrote is uh, has the meaning of bird. So it flies off like a bird and out the, do- out the window. And we see the white-haired man approaching the house. Catches the little ink character when he grabs it, it you know, splots into ink. So the uh, boy sees him, and he, uh, the man introduces himself, saying he's looking for Shinra. He sent a letter ahead of himself, uh, you know, as an introductory letter. And Shinra says, like, ah, so you're Ginko. You're the Mushi Master. And <laughs> then, good uh, name, good title. <laughs> <laughs> and he, <laughs> uh, Dr. Mushi, MD. Um, <laughs> Shinra says he has to uh, turn Kinko away as uh, his grandmother warned him uh, not to use his gift and uh, you know he knows Kinko is here for that so he's like sorry can't do it I was told not to it's like ah oh, well grandmother's your parental figure of choice I'm sure she's alive and thriving nope it's anime she's dead this poor boy <laughs> lives in a decrepit house in the forest all by himself it was at this point that I was like, is this another horror series and he's a ghost? <laughs> I, when I was panicking after the being messaged about the intro song, I looked it up and there were images <laughs> of like a hand coming out of darkness with like letters written all over it and like a dark. I'm like, is this a horror show? Did I fuck <laughs> up again? Well, uh, we didn't get there if it goes it especially no. dark. <laughs> um uh, so he says uh, his grandmother said that only God should be able to create life. And Shinra's drawings coming to life uh, using his left hand. It's not something he should be doing. He shouldn't be meddling with that stuff. And Shinra says he, he hurt his hands the other day, uh, his right hand. So he's been using his left hand to write like notes and stuff. And that he forgot because he's been following his grandmother's instructions for so long. He forgot. He has this magical gift. And Shinra says that. Uh, you know, hey, Ginko came all this way. He can stay overnight, yeah, and I gotta kick him out right away. And he'd love to hear about, you know, what's going on in the world, on the outside world, because he's been so isolated for, we find out, four years since his grandmother died. Uh, so. This child is neglected. 
Honestly, for a feral child raising himself, he looks pretty clean and he seems pretty put together. That's true. He's doing okay, presumably. We, we've all seen the where does he go? The Donnie Wild Thornberry. He's he's doing yeah, all right for himself. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, he makes some sort of uh, beverage for himself, so he's doing okay. <laughs> Yeah, he says he made like some sort of like fruit wine. He's like, I like it. It's pretty good. I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> are you nine just cooking up your own you know, uh, moonshine? I mean, What's happening? <laughs> for number one, no one to be here to tell you not to drink alcohol. And number two, you've been alone so long you developed your own system and taste <laughs> for fruit wine. It's pretty impressive. Uh, so, Ginkgo... Uh, yeah, so his grandma died four years ago, and he promised he would stay here and not use his uh, left hand. And Kinko thinks about how his grandmother was protecting him from this, uh, from this gift getting out and people, you know, abusing it or you know trying to take advantage of him or just killing him on the spot for it because you know magic. And Shinra shows him some of the creatures he drew with his right hand, um, saying he drew these when he was a little kid, saying he saw these creatures floating around and interacting with like nature and stuff. And anytime he tried to show his grandmother. She always shoot it away. Get get out of here. That's nothing. Don't think about those. Uh, blaming blaming his awful power for you know giving him these hallucinations that aren't real and he shouldn't think too much about. So she, it's all in your head. I know nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bother <laughs> me. Don't ask me about it. Uh, no other insight. <laughs> so as Chandra, you know, starts believing her, it's like maybe these are just in my head, and you know, stops interacting with the Mushi he sees all the time as much. And, uh, yeah, Ginkgo informs him that these are Mushi and gives a bit of an analogy saying, like, if human life is, like, the tip of your middle finger, like, if that's how far human life has come, the other fingers are plants and animals, get further down to your wrist, it's, like, fungi and, like, microorganisms, Mushi would be all the way up at your heart. It is, like, the purest form of life, of just life force energy, like, you know, materializing almost, um... So get the info dump there, check. And he says that sometimes people often confuse them for ghosts because they'll take on the shape of humans, but like there's the Mushi world and you know material plane world, all that. Uh, they're the magical force in this world. Mm-hmm. And Shinra is just happy to learn that he you know, he wasn't going crazy, that these are a thing and you know they weren't just existing in his head. And we see uh, Ginko stays for the night. We see him get up in the middle of the night to go try and find the bathroom. While he's walking around, he finds a ghost of a girl falling around behind him. And he pulls out, like, a long needle. And she's like, ah, a mushy needle. I was like, sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, And she's like, ah, you're going to add a mushy to your collection, like, floating up out of his reach. And uh, as he's doing that, he's, you know, smoking a cigarette. We see the smoke coil around her and pull her down. Uh, She freaks out a bit. And he's like, ah, my, the smoke from my cigarette is also a mushy. That is attracted to other Mushi and grabs onto them. Sure. <laughs> this show is Great. a lot of that. It's just him being like, this and this. And the audience just has to be like, okay, yeah, sure. This is a rule because it's a new spirit you haven't seen before. And I know. So <laughs> you can't trust argue me. with me. Uh, so when he uh, grabs her, she also drops uh, a broken wine cup that's like split right down the center, like a sake cup. And uh, the ghost girl claims that this is her house. And, you know, she doesn't know about, you know, why he's here. And he kind of reveals that uh, she was uh, she was human once and, th- and is mushy now and developed, you know, human. No, what? She, <laughs> Ginko says she was human but developed mushy traits. 
That's it. Uh, and that's why she... They're just really like, please, we we can't call them ghosts for some reason. We really need to <laughs> dance around it. <laughs> I need you to understand, ghost girl. You're not actually a ghost. I feel like even if they didn't, like, make the statement of like, oh... Oh, they're, they're not ghosts. Ghosts aren't real. Like, just call her a Mushi then. It's fine. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to say she developed Mushi characteristics. She died, and now she's a Mushi. It makes sense in the logic of the world. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, we do find out it wasn't just like, you died and you got unfinished business. There was, like, a more thing. But, yeah, it... It's just throwing Mushi around a lot, as if they're getting. Despite the fact that she has some unfinished business, She's but but don't don't read into that too much. It is just a coincidence. Uh, so he calls her uh, Renzu, and uh, says he can make her uh, or sake cup whole again uh, for her grandson's sake, revealing that he did some research and he knows about her, uh, and uh, yeah, kind of telling us that this is. Uh, Shinra's grandmother. This is her ghost, but she's a young girl again. Her ghost form. Uh, so the next morning, Kinko tells Shinra that uh, his grandmother's ghost is in limbo between the human and Mushi world. Again, they get a dollar every time you say Mushi. Um, and it really feels like they're setting it up to be like Pokemon or Digimon level franchise. The just the sheer amount they say Mushi. <laughs> He's got his Mushi watch and his Mushi lunchbox and Mushi back. His Mushi cigarettes. <laughs> Get him while you can, kids. Uh, he tells him about this uh, Mushi. Ri- God damn it. Every time I say the word now, I'm going to be very conscious of it. Um, he tells him about Mushi this TM. <laughs> ritual where humans can accept the sake cup from Mushi and that uh, they begin to cross over into the Mushi world. And this is what his grandmother was doing, but it got interrupted at some point, and that uh, interference messed up the ritual, leaving part of her body in the human world and part of her body in the Mushi world. So he uh, reveals to this child that, like, hey, that grandma you knew, that was only half of her. Her actual, like, spirit was stuck in, like, the Mushi world this whole time. And uh, she's still here watching over you, even though her physical body died. So Shinra... uh, can't see her because she's not full Mushi, or, yeah, because she's, like, half Mushi. I don't know about that one. Uh, but saying he can help her out, help her pass on, and get to a better spot. So, uh, to do that, uh, oh, but to do that, she'll never return to the human world. Which I thought was a weird caveat, because she's dead. So that's not happening anyway. <laughs> um, and then they go outside, they're sitting down uh, with, like, a divider behind them. And Ginko starts instructing Shunra uh, how to, like, what the sake cup looked like for him to draw it and make a new one. Shunra sounds like, oh, I gotta promise my grandma I wouldn't do it in front of people, so you can't watch. Ginko's like, will do, and then pokes a hole in the screen and immediately watches. Uh, and we see Shinra paint the sake cup, and as he does, it starts forming and comes out of the paper. And as soon as he's holding it, it splits in half, like uh, his grandmother's cup does. <gasps> so it mirrors. And, uh, once, what? <laughs> I, think I just started slipping Mushi into my notes everywhere. Uh, it just says Mushi, 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 Mushi. <laughs> mushi, Mushi, Mushi gets hit in the face with a football. Uh, uh, mushi calls out to Rinsu to give her the other half. Yeah, I, th- I think that was supposed to be Ginko. Ginko calls out to <laughs> the grandmother's ghost, uh, and he gets the other half of the sake cup that she had, and he puts it together with the one that Shinra makes. And it, you know, fuses together and forms a solid cup. Uh, as soon as it fuses together, it starts filling up with wine. 
Ginko offers it to uh, the grandmother's ghost, and she drinks from it, and then she offers it to Shinra, who's able to now see her now. She, like, materializes a bit, and uh, as Shinra goes to drink it, uh, he can see his grandmother's memories in the cup, and he sees the memories of the Mushi ritual that she was performing that caused this situation, where she kind of got spirited away, sort of, by Mushi in the middle of a forest and couldn't quite leave of her own will. And they say, you're going to have a grandson in, like, 30 years. He's going to have a very strong gift where he can create life. We're interested in that, and we're going to be calling in a favor. Favor is you get to watch out for him for 30 years, and then after that, we'll give you some impressive powers like his. And all you have to do is drink from this sake cup and, you know, drink from this uh, holy light wine, which is uh, derived from this light river that thrives underground in the Mushi world and is essentially the river of life. Mm. And uh, so she agrees to this deal and starts drinking from the uh, sake cup. And uh, when this part I was a little confused by, she goes to start drinking from it, and it seems like she is, and then a crow calls suddenly. The crow's eating the foot of one of the Mushi beings, and then they all like disappear and fade away, and she yeah. drops the cup. They were really... Uh... I don't know. It's like, oh, her mushi ceremony, the ritual was interrupted. Oh, and then it was just this weird, like nothing thing that happened. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was part of the deal. If it was like fae mythology where it's like, I, we struck a deal with you, but the deal is screwing you over like a monkey's paw. Or if it was like this holy ritual of otherworldly beings got interrupted by a fucking bird just screaming at us. Like, yeah. I couldn't Yeah, tell. it seemed like she wasn't... It seemed like the deal wasn't made because it was interrupted and she didn't fully drink it. And that's why she's in this halfway state. But it doesn't seem to, like, resolve Mm-mm. yeah, in any meaningful way. Uh, so, um, yeah, so the Mushi beings disappear. And we see uh, Rinsu uh, get up after the ritual. And we see her walking away. But her spirit is left behind. So this is the part where her body and spirit deviate from each other. And then back in the present day, Shinra is crying because he's seeing the memories of his grandmother and feeling the same emotions she was at that time. So he's just overwhelmed by, you know, the memories and knowledge of what happened to her. And we see uh, the light wine from the cup uh, just spilling over his hands and, like, pouring out onto the ground. I want to drink the light wine. Mm-hmm. Looks like honey. <laughs> Looks like mead. Uh, mm-hmm. So then the next day we see uh, Shinra still asleep and we see Ginko leaving and on his way out he runs into uh, Rinsu's ghost and uh, he's like, oh, there's like so much moss everywhere now. It's like, yeah, that's where the light wine spilled out. It's it's like the river of life. So it's essentially just concentrated life energy and, you know, wherever it's spilled, new life is growing. Uh, and she's like, oh, you're not even going to say goodbye to him? He's like, nah, he's fine. He's like, but I heard his grandmother doesn't like him talking to strangers anyway, so I'm not going to interfere. Ha <laughs> ha. Wink, nod. <laughs> uh, she says, like, well, you're the only person Shinra knows besides me who's dead. So it's okay if you come by and visit him sometimes. And he goes off on his way, and Shinra wakes up being like, oh, Ginku left already. He didn't even say goodbye. And it's like, no, but he did take the wine cup with him. And we see Ginko, like, you know, took the sake cup with him. Um, which I wasn't sure if it was intentional or if he was just, like, claiming loot. She makes it sound like <laughs> it's a good thing that he took that. But to me, it's like, no, he left without saying goodbye and he stole from you. Yeah. <laughs> the way she phrases it makes him seem like a gremlin. 
<laughs> it was so important that we unfracture this one thing so your spiritual life can pass on. And wait, he stole it? Wait, hang on. <laughs> oh, hey, wait. fuck, wait. And uh, yeah, we uh, we see him leaving and we get like panic shots of the forest. And he says, uh, rumors about the boy with the godlike left hand slowly uh, started to wind down and eventually stopped altogether. So like to think that Shinra's lived his life unperturbed. Hmm. Which I guess, I guess he was being bothered by people before this. I don't know. That wasn't really established clearly. Yeah, this didn't have <laughs> this didn't have a very satisfying ending because it was like okay, but like he didn't lose his powers or anything. So it's like, why did people stop caring? <laughs> we don't know, but okay, good. I'm glad. Good for Shinra. <laughs> so like, here's my thing. These go. These I'm sorry, not ghosts. These Mushi <laughs> are you. like, hey, your grandchild take care of him and then we'll give you powers. And she's like, take care of him. Cool. I guess I'll forbid him from using his powers, talking to strangers and keeping him restrained in this woods house, even after I'm dead. And it's like, is this I... caretaking <laughs> or are you a bad person? <laughs> I, I can't speak on the powers part. Cause I don't know what I do with the kid who could be God. Um, <laughs> I think it was trying to say, like, the part of the deal that... The part of Rensu that made that deal was the spirit that stayed behind. And then her body kind of just went on autopilot. Like the movie Click with Adam Sandler. Um, <laughs> so I think that's kind of... I don't know. It's it, Yeah, it's uh, kind of weird. They're kind of like, you know this kid with this problem that everyone hates? It's like, no. It's like, cool, we're going to solve it. Did we? No. All right. Like, <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I, I also, agree. I don't really know what happens. I also thought this was being set up as, like... Oh, he's the Mushi Master, so he's gonna come take care of this kid that can make things and Mushi, and that the show was gonna be like them hanging out, traveling together. But that's not what it is. Nope, <laughs> nope. That's too shonen-y. Mm. Too interesting. Not a lot. <laughs> um, uh, so, episode two, uh, we pick up same intro, same explanation of the Mushi, uh, and we see a girl say uh, she's being closed up in a dark room uh, with bandages over her eyes. Uh, she greets uh, Beaky, uh, another boy who uh, is a f- friend. Uh, she's like living in their storage she's house. We'll get cousin. there. Cousin, uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, and she's like, yeah, I got that terrible eye disease, you know? Uh, and He's like, oh, man, it's so weird that we don't know what caused it, huh? And she's like, well, I know. It's the Mushi. They're swimming in my eyes. Ugh. As soon as she said, I can feel them in my eyes, I'm like, I don't care what it is. I don't like it. It's bad. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm like, automatically, you made this horror. Stop it. <laughs> um, so we get her backstory. She was just a normal girl, uh, and she had a, a sensitivity to light that became more and more intense each day. So uh, any light was causing her physical pain. Uh, so they just found a, a shed. Uh, they found uh, her aunt, I guess, had a shed. And they're like, yeah, it's fully dark in there. She can live in there. Uh and, yeah, they kind of just abandoned her. Cool. This is a story about child abandonment. Cool, cool. Feudal Japan, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she says, 
uh, the Mushi live in in the layers between your first and second eyelid. Uh, you know, you know that thing when your eyes are closed, but you can still see some light through it. But then other times you can't. Yeah, that's mystical. <laughs> it really does feel like just kids like making up like stories. Mm. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the boy gets, uh, Beaky gets adjusted and, uh, uh, they're playing together uh, and they talk about the Mushi in her vision and, uh, she talks about, oh, sometimes I can like go deep, deep into the darkness of my eye Mushi and, uh, I see the light river that was mentioned in episode one, Mm -hmm. but, but Ginkgo is there always and always warns me not to touch the river or else I'll go mad. I like when uh, she tells uh, Beaky this. He's like, oh, this mysterious one-eyed man. Like, and hearing it, yes, it does sound mysterious. But you see Kinko in the like vision and he's just like sitting on like a window. So like, hey, kid, stay away from there. Smoking a cigarette. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, so like annoyed just to be bothered. Like, hey, stop bothering me, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Same energy of apartment neighbor. Yeah, just like, yeah. hey, kids, stop messing with the dumpster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, the boy is confused about that because she, she's getting way too mystical for him. And he leaves. Uh, so he goes into uh, his house and his mom's like, wow, you're spending way too much time with that girl we abandoned. You should abandon her, too. And he's like, hey, uh, no. Um, and she's like, but I don't want you. Your, your special eyes can't get infected. Special She'll get you sick. And he's like, that will never happen to me. And now that I've said it, I can be confident in the fact I will wake up fine tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, he spent... Way too long with her, so he caught it too. He caught the bad eyes. <laughs> I oh had a, no, he got the eye bugs. <laughs> I had no. a note where I'm like, I'm glad Beaky's mom is concerned about him, but doesn't like outright forbid him from spending time with Sai. Like, okay, it's fair. Her parents abandoned her. Like, she should still have someone in her life. Uh, just be careful. And then he immediately gets it. I was like, well, fuck. what did I just say? <laughs> Spoke too soon. Uh uh, so, uh, say, uh, then here's Beaky's mom bring her food because Beaky isn't coming back. He's infected. Um, so mom comes back home and sees, uh, Genko with Beaky and, uh, and he's starting to be better. Um, uh, because, hey, darkness makes it worse. What do you know? God, you didn't talk to your local Mushi dealer? (laughs) (laughs) It's the first Uh, warning. I also, sorry for the constant interruptions. This show is just (laughs) funny to me in weird ways. Um, Imagine coming back to your house and seeing your sickly child in a room with a strange man. And the strange man says, I treated your child. And I also know about that other child you have locked up in a tool shed. And he looks like a tired history teacher. It's wild. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Truly way too comfortable. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, Beaky dreams of say, but he wakes up fine and says it worked. Whatever he did. Um, so 
Uh, he says, says illness is uh, uh, a version of uh, uh, Minoko Mushi, the dark Mushi. Uh, oh, it's no. made worse by the dark. They crave it. They love it. They love that stuff. Can't get enough. That's what they crave. Um, uh, and they're going to start Say's treatment that night. Uh, so they go to her, but... Oh no, it's too late. Her eyes are all shadowy. Ah. Uh, uh, so uh, he says, Aw, oh, man, I wasn't there to tell her to not go to the river. God damn it. Uh, I saved this beaky idiot. Wasn't <laughs> was, there to do my night shift. Yeah, my moonlighting once. job. <laughs> he told her how many times? Like, she says she's met this guy multiple times. Like, <laughs> uh, And... He's like, oh, when your second eyelid is closed too long, it burns your eyes out. Uh, so uh, he opens her eyes, uh, brings her out into, like, the moonlight. And um, I this is a pun that this show made me say to myself, so I need to share it. <laughs> so when Say is coming out, uh, Beaky's like outside. Uh, Genko's working inside, and Say starts to walk out, and he just says, "Oh, Say, can you imagine what my what I thought they were gonna fill in the blank with?" Was <laughs> I thought of it immediately, but didn't make the correlation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Say, uh, can uh, you see? I, God damn it! How I could just, you? <laughs> I thought of the song, but didn't think. Oh my god! Uh, I was truly like, that can't, that can't be unintentional. Come on! The localizer is sitting there somewhere, going like, "Yes, twenty years, and it pays off." My artistic achievement. Oh my goodness! Uh, I did not get that. That that pulled me out of it. Uh, Sorry, Uh, uh, but. He pulls a bunch of silvery stuff out of her eyes, and then most of it goes back in, but, like, half of it doesn't. Um, And he's like, "Mm, I see something, and catches a purple worm of evil, I guess. Um, And he's like, hmm, I I seem to get it, but her eyes are still gone. Uh, And Beaky, not really... I... I forgot the whole, who cares, B-plot. He's like, oh, the one-eyed man? <laughs> this Genko guy? He has two eyes. Couldn't be him. Can't be him. But then he pulls out a glass eye. <gasps> but then he injects it with Mushi and makes it real and gives it to Say, and now she has an eyeball again. And does he? We don't know. Um, He's got one real one and one yeah. shadow one. Um, So... Uh, the river of light is the infinite life forms around us. Uh, he says, uh, uh, he, they all question if Ginkgo lost his eye the same way. And then we see him sitting, facing away from the river. Ooh, he learned his lesson too. He'll never look in again. That's where we end episode two. He saved the day? <laughs> again, like, Yeah. Sure. She has at least one working eye, so yeah. that's better than she had before. We love plot-relevant bangs that cover one eye of a character. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, episode three. Let's see what child this one is about. <laughs> uh, so we open on 
a mountain, volcano, mm-hmm. um, and some hands, and the hands look like they're covering someone's ears. Great. Then, uh, some time else, it's snowy, and Ginkgo is walking through the forest, and oh boy, it is about another kid. Um, <laughs> this one says that one day he just covered his ears, and then he grew horns. Terrifying. <laughs> Or something loud, and you're just like, "Whoops, I'm an Oni now." <laughs> <laughs> um, the narrator warns that if you don't cover your ears, they'll be devoured. Cryptic, but I guess everything she says is so. <laughs> <laughs> Giant ambient voice from nowhere. Why? Why wouldn't you be straightforward? <laughs> I'm about to be very specific. <laughs> <laughs> that would terrify me more. <laughs> <laughs> um. That we see Ginko is in a house talking to an older woman. She says she's the elder of the village. This village is isolated near the mountains. And uh, during the winter, it gets so, so quiet. But this winter, villagers have complained about a loss of hearing. And doctors don't know what's going on. So we see Ginko looking into someone's ear with the with some mushy tool. His, his mushy sonic screwdriver. <laughs> and Damn it, it is. <laughs> My mushy tronomer's off the charts. <laughs> um in in this person's ear he sees some like glowing green mucus. And he says that he's seen this before, caused by a mushy called oom. Uh they consume sound, and usually during the rest of the year they confirm consume forest sound, but during the winter they have to find sound elsewhere. So he's going around the house and he finds a nest of them, and they look like little snail shells, and then he said that too! I wrote that before he said that. <laughs> um, then they just disappear, uh, and Ginko's just like, okay. Um... And Ginko says, there's part of your ear that looks like a snail shell, too. So I thought that the oom vacate their shells and then move into that and consume all the sound. But they don't have shells. They just coil up in themselves. So I guess they just coil up in your ear snail shell part and eat all the sound that come into your head. Um, wouldn't that make the mushy slugs then? Checkmate show. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, actually speechless. Don't didn't know what to say. <laughs> uh, I think that's real though. I, if I remember correctly, I think there is like a thing in your ear that looks like a shell yeah. like that. Yeah. Yep. Um. So a girl brings him hot water, and he pours some salt into it, and then he pours that into the guy's ear, and the little oom slug comes out, and the guy says that he can hear again. Hooray! Invented the nanny pot. Episode over. Ha! You'd think so, but what about the kid with horns? <laughs> uh, oh, wait, yeah, there's a whole other thing going on. Sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. fuck. Um, so Ginko and the elder woman are walking outside, and she's like, oh, that's so impressive. Good job. But I need more help. Uh, my grandson has been deafened in both ears, not just one like other people in the village, and his symptoms are different. So. We see a little boy sitting in a room, and it is so loud. And he's like, I just wanted to stop. Um, And his grandpa, not grandpa, grandma, (laughs) um, she uh, comes in the room, and he turns to her. Uh, His name is Maho. And uh, 
she tells Ginkgo that Maho has been like that since last winter, and that's when the horns grew too, and he started hearing dreadful noises he'd never heard before, and now he just hears it all the time. Um, and Ginkgo says it might be the Ah, which live alongside the Um and eat the silence they create. Okay, sure. <laughs> the symbiotic relationship between ghost snails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, I think we mentioned earlier that this is just like someone making shit up as they go. And that's really what this feels like. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, yeah, of course. It's it's the other well, one that eats silence. Yeah. Like, this is truly how I imagine medicine was before we realized what medicine was. <laughs> when it was just like snake oil salesmen being like oh yes the the ear snail the nega ear snail also is in there too eating the waste of the first snail that's (laughs) why it didn't work drink this other remedy (laughs) but to what you said earlier where it really is a house episode where it's like ah an obvious disease no you idiot it's not that disease it's this other disease no you idiot it's both of them which counteract both of their effects but somehow amplify both of their (laughs) diseases as well ah of course you're a genius house pills 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 yes (laughs) um but unfortunately less is known about the ah and a cure hasn't been found and he only knew of one case and she passed away due to depression induced by the condition so Ginkgo starts lighting some incense and he puts like a sheet around him and Maho and he talks to Maho and now he can hear him. The smoke quiets down the Mushi. Okay, we don't hot, know hot why or how, but sure, yes, fine. <laughs> um, he says even animals can't hear Mushi. That's how quiet they are. But... Because there are millions of Mushi, if they're all making noise at once, it can be pretty dang loud. And somehow, he's hearing the Mushi through the horns, not through his ears. And Maho, uh, Ginkgo asks Maho about when they first appeared, and he says that he just covered his ears with his hands like his mom used to, and it just happened. They just sprouted. Um, and Ginkgo asks why... His mom covered her ears, and he says that she had the same condition he does, and that she also had horns. And it's, oh, what a coincidence. It's the only other case of awe that Ginkgo had heard about. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that should have been mentioned earlier. Grandma! <laughs> That's, you know, like, medical history is usually one of the first questions. <laughs> but it's fine. Anyone else in your history with the or family with the history of cancer? No, except for all the family members that have cancer. It's like, oh, okay. Huh. Cool. Oh, got it. Cool. Interesting. Um, so Maho says that his mom told him something about covering his ears before she passed away, but he can't remember what it was. And Ginkgo is like, I was covering my ears. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> she says something if I couldn't hear. <laughs> oh, isn't it ironic? <laughs> Uh, Ginkgo is glad to have this connection between Maho and his mother, but he still has to find a cure, if it's possible. So, Ginkgo talks to the elder, and she talks about her daughter and her condition, and he asks if her condition ever changed. And the elder remembers that toward the end, her daughter told her that the noise went away, but then she 
like couldn't handle the quietness and then she lost all hearing and then passed away. So uh, Ginkgo wonders if the Ah knew that she was going to pass away. So they left her body. But if that was the case, her hearing would have been fine. Uh, And why would she cover her ears if she couldn't hear anyway? And I have to be so real with you guys. I... (laughs) I don't, this episode does not resolve in a satisfying way at all because I feel like none of these questions get answered. Like, I'm like, That's I don't so know. That's so weird. What's That's going like on. the last two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Those ones, I feel like, this one is like going in circles, and I feel like the other two were less so like that. I don't know. Um, but Ginkgo sees Maho leave the house and. He turns around and asks Ginkgo not to tell his grandma because he just wants to take a walk. He hates being cooped up. Um, And he keeps thinking about his mom and is he going to pass away too? So Ginkgo lets him go and it starts snowing and he thinks maybe he shouldn't have let the little boy go for a walk (laughs) in the winter. Which, yeah, (laughs) probably not. Um and the elder is worried about him, rightfully so. And Ginkgo is like, "Ah, okay, I'll go find him." So and he's like, "I'll go get I'll him. Clean like, up my mess." He, you know where he was? Why'd you let him go alone? Like, it's a real, really fair question, there, Grandma. I spend a lot of time around kids, but I do not understand them or their safety. <laughs> um. So Ginkgo goes out, and he thinks about how quiet the snow makes everything. Um. And then he spies the light of a fire in the distance and he finds Maho in a cave and he's talking, but Ginkgo can't hear him. He can't hear anything. And then he looks up and he sees a whole mess of oom on the roof of the cave. Oom. Ah. They're literally and, just snails. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they all kind of rush at Ginkgo's head and he just lets them do whatever they're doing. And then... He, he looks around, and he says, uh, Ah looks similar to Oom, but they coil counterclockwise, and he finds one. Thank goodness. Um, and he lets it go into his ears. And um, he then tells Maho to put his ears, nope, his hands over Ginkgo's ears. So Maho g- goes and does that, and the Ah bursts out of Ginkgo's ears gross it is slimy um nothing and so ginkgo explains to the elder that maho's mom was trying to listen for the muscles in her wrists because that's what you're hearing when you cover your ears which i don't know if that's true maybe you hear the blood flowing but um so she was doing that to try and get rid of the ah because they want silence, so that's how he just got rid of it. But how would she know that? You know what I'm saying? How would she <laughs> I, know that that's how you get rid? That's how you would get rid of the silence that's filling her head. I don't think she knew that specifically. She just wanted to hear any noise she could. But why didn't it but, get rid of her ah then? Yeah, that was the other point. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like this guy's just making shit up. Yeah, <laughs> the show itself. Um, so the ah tries to get rid of all body sounds, and if it succeeds, the person passes away. So I guess that's what happened, so her body wasn't making any sound, so I guess it makes sense? But, again, we're just making shit up as we go. I I could try to justify it, but it'd be a waste of everyone's time. (laughs) Um, 
So we see the flashback of Maho's mom covering his ears and telling him to listen to the sound of her body, which makes her think of when she traveled to a mountain with his father, and it sounds like lava, and she talks about the lava of her body, and his body sounds like lava too, whatever. It's kind of a nice idea, a nice sentiment, ties ties people back to nature, which is kind of neat. Um, and so uh, Maho covers his ear ears, and it works, and the horns fall from his head, and he's okay. Hooray. But I hated that the horns are just like skin. Because mm-hmm. when they <laughs> fell off, they fell very softly onto the floor. And I expected them to be like hard, real horns. I think so. the ep- title of the episode is also called Tender Horns. So. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, no. So Ginkgo takes the horns as payment. Uh, and he tells Maho that he might miss the old sounds during winter. But spring will come soon. And then he gives Maho the little horns back because he had four horns, two bigger ones and two little ones. And he gave Maho <laughs> the little ones back for some reason. And that's the end of episode three. Yeah, put them under your pillow for the horn fairy. Yeah, you'll get two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> One for each horn. <laughs> I, if I need any... to make a mushy shofar. That's the only <laughs> way I can call them. If there's anything I can take from the third episode that I can agree with wholeheartedly, is that the human body is a grotesque cacophony in and of itself. So That's true. If you ever just sit in utter silence and hear your own body moving, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Are we there yet? It so feels a- like a no. <laughs> <laughs> so after watching these episodes, I had to go lay down and take a two-hour nap because <laughs> I was so bored. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is so slow. The this is exactly the right vibe to take a nap. Hmm. So this is absolutely a nap show <laughs> because if you're asleep, you don't need to follow the logic of <laughs> what is going on with Mushi. So it's fine. Yeah. Just uh, put it on in the background to sleep through it. Like there are it, this feels very visual novel to me yeah. in, in that it feels like it should be like you're talking about like oh we were talking about the lava flow of our bodies that feels like it works very well written on a page that you're reading mm-hmm. this is not tv content <laughs> yeah a light novel that's what i'm thinking oh um, yeah yeah it was like chill and like pretty and ginkgo is kind of hot so like <laughs> that stuff is good <laughs> And I you got a one-eyed, white-haired anime man. Add him to the list. It's fucking <laughs> Naru- Kakashi Naruto all over you. Mm. And I do like, uh, like Miyazaki's movies. Uh, I actually did <laughs> a project about this in one of my sociology classes. I talked about their connection to sh- connection to Shinto, which is a Japanese religion that centers around uh, nature having inherent value, and that nature's value doesn't come from the value that humans ascribe to to it and Mm -hmm. that everything in nature has its own spirit uh and so we should be uh respectful of nature not because of what it can do for us just because it's there um so this show definitely has elements of that is it as interesting as miyazaki's things no (laughs) but (laughs) resoundingly no yeah i also just hit my desk so if you heard that i'm sorry 
but um, <laughs> we're so passionate. <laughs> I I think Shinto is super interesting, and that's why I did a project about it. Um, but this is they're again they're just making shit up as they go, and it's like, are you sure? <laughs> okay, yeah. sure, whatever. I said a thing. Wait, that doesn't seem to apply. Ah, uh, the the situation changed in the only way I can see, so it's a a different thing. Right. It's the double even, snails. Even in the second episode, it was like, okay, so why is she blind? Is it this dark Mushi, or is it because she looked at the light river for too long? Which is Yeah. It? She went blind from looking at the darkness sun for too long. Why aren't you following us? <laughs> It's both darkness, but also when she's afflicted by darkness, the only cure is light, but not the mushy light. It has to be real light. No! Stop it! <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it, and I'm not in a safe place to discuss why. <laughs> why? See you next week, gang. No! I want to know no. why you like it. It's been 200 episodes. I've learned my lesson. I'm not entering that bear trap again. I won't argue with you. I can't even say do rah rah around you two anymore. I have zero <laughs> strong opinions about do rah rah Yeah, you're I, the one who sorry. brings it up and is uh, very hurt. Because it's <laughs> Which good. is fair. But. You guys just argue with each other about it. I just sit here. <laughs> That's true. D just gets caught in the crossfire every time. Uh, well, Brendan, I, I I assure you, I spend zero percent of my life thinking about Durarara. <laughs> uh, that is a one-sided fight, my friend. Yeah. I just, I will, I want to know why Brendan likes it, and I want the <laughs> listeners to know why Brendan likes it. I'm interested. <laughs> uh, I like it because this is very much my type of genre of uh, fantasy elements. Looked at it at almost on a clinical level. Not necessarily from a, like a doctor element, but like we've made the house comparison enough times. Uh, it's very akin to Ancient Magus Bride of like a sort of uh, advanced academic knowledge basis for the magic and the strange. Mm. Uh, it's when you make the comparison of like it sounds like he's making it all, all this stuff up on the spot because only he can see it. Yeah, because only he can see it. Like that's <laughs> the point of why he's the Mushi Master is because no one else can understand or cope with these. Um, a lot of the times these like old mythology stuff are explained by people not understanding the science or the nature of stuff at the time. And a lot of the f- myths and folklores are made up to justify it. Um, and of course, in hindsight, now we understand that with a lot of these things, a lot of these afflictions and stuff. Uh, but there's still that fun element of the mysticism that I enjoy, even if it isn't real. Mm-hmm. And with the Mushi, yeah, it's like spirits, but it's like, I thought about this while we were recording and it sucks to make this comparison, but it is apt. Uh, I'm met, I, I'm right there. Star I was Wars. about to say the same thing. <laughs> it's Star Wars. It's the Force. Uh, it, I was truly gonna say that that was my counter argument to all that. Is it felt? It didn't feel like oh, we're explaining in like a clinical way. It just felt like yeah, midi chlorians. There's there's energy bugs in you. <laughs> all right. You know, I think you know, well, uh, this will be relevant while I say it. Not so much later. (laughs) I think that that's like, I totally see that. And I like, you're so right. And I love that. But I think the way it's written doesn't feel satisfying for me as a viewer, because I feel like even though he's saying these things, it's not necessarily being explained in an effective way for me. But I do appreciate everything you just said, like thinking about it. I can totally see Mm -hmm. that. And like, I do, you know, looking back on it, it's like, oh, yeah. 
Totally. I can definitely appreciate that. And also I can see why you like uh, the Lock Tomb series so yeah. much. <laughs> I also won't argue with the writing, or at least I don't know if it's the writing in the manga is the same, or if this is like a 2005, like, it hasn't aged well situation. Uh, but yeah, like episode three, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's really going on here. I can't <laughs> argue with that. So it's like, but I did enjoy it where I'm like, yeah, I could watch this show like, and or have it on in the background and not think too hard or like it's pleasant as opposed to some of the other stuff we watch which actively did put me to sleep while watching it (laughs) but yeah i can i can appreciate that concept also i do think that's an interesting idea and that's why Mm -hmm. i like uh gideon the ninth i haven't read the other ones yet so (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh if if there's uh uh, something in a series that we're not gonna finish please (laughs) send those recommendations to our email are we there yet at gmail.com or uh reach out to us on tiktok or tumblr are we there yet search it find it love it whatever (laughs) (laughs) you can find me on tiktok and instagram at honey period d or on tumblr at honey d and honey is spelled h-u-n-n-i-e find me on twitter trying to Makes sense, a fucking Pathfinder. What the fuck are you guys doing over there? It's so much. (laughs) Thank you to Camille Rooley for our artwork, and thank you to Louis Zong for our theme song stories. You can find all of Louis' music at louisong.bandcamp.com. Thank you, and we hope you'll join us next week as we learn to live with anime. Goodbye. Oh, who's the Wilson? Wilson.